0: Please pray with me. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 28, beginning at the 10th verse. Listen for the word of God. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head, and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called that place Bethel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One day in my parish ministry days in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I was visiting a church member at her home and as I was departing, her seven-year-old son was playing in the front yard. As I got closer to my car, he kinda came toward me and he kinda hemmed and hawed and, and he said, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. Does God see everything we do? Yes, I replied. Everything, he tried again. Yes, I said again. Oh, he said dejectedly, looking down at his feet. Is there something up, I asked. No, he said, and we stood there for a few minutes in silence until he looked at me and said, thanks, and walked away. I'm pretty sure I was not delivering the good news to this young man. The psalmist in Psalm 139, which we heard part of in our call to worship, says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. Some biblical scholars will tell you that the psalmist is presenting the theological concepts of omnipresence and omniscience. And that may be true, but... I believe that this is really neither an intellectual exercise nor the presentation of some theological dogma. Rather, this psalmist is expressing the reality of divine presence and reminds us that we cannot ever set ourselves apart from God's attentive awareness. The psalmist states clearly and most eloquently that God knows me. And God is with me. Now, whether we hear these words as good news certainly depends upon our perspective. It depends on this ever-present, ever-aware God seeing us through and through, looking at us in all that we are and seeing how we measure up. William Sloan Coffin, a great pastor, reflecting on his church experience during college, wrote, I remember well the first Sunday I really heard the Episcopal invocation that begins, Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Who in the world, I wonder, would want to believe in a God that saw that much? Believing in this God who sees so much is nothing like internet dating or presenting ourselves on Facebook, where you can shave off years, pounds, neuroses, bad habits, and dysfunctional family members in order to present yourself in a very good light, probably as a better person than you actually know that you are. It's not like submitting a job resume for a job where you can maybe embellish a little about your abilities or pad or omit or slant or just even outright lie in order to make yourself look more skilled or more qualified than you really are. And it's not like going to the school dance where you can get ready by tightening up, covering over perfuming, coloring, moosing, shaving, plucking, and beautifying all in order to look more beautiful or handsome than you know you really are. Believing in this ever-present, ever-aware God from whom no secrets are hid is actually more like standing in a vast desert, totally naked, totally exposed. You stand before God utterly and completely transparent there is no place to hide there is no fault or flaw that cannot can be covered and there is just you and all that you were are and will be standing with God Jacob found himself in that kind of exposed position From the very beginning of his life, we hear that Jacob was actually a grabber. He hung onto his brother Esau's heel as they were born, and he never, figuratively speaking, let up. Jacob was shrewd, conniving, a trickster. He managed to dupe Esau, his older brother, Out of his birthright that rightly belonged to him as the firstborn. He even schemed with his mother to deceive their old dying blind father Isaac into bestowing Esau's blessing upon Jacob. And Esau, understandably furious upon hearing what Jacob had done, developed a burning hatred for his brother so deep that he said, I will kill him after my father dies. When Rebecca got wind of this, she went to Jacob and she said, you need to leave. You need to flee this family and go to my brother Laban's house and wait until Esau's murderous rage subsides. But as Jacob headed for the door, There was one more insult added to Esau's injury when he again received Isaac's blessing. It would be quite some time before Esau would ever forgive and forget. It is on Jacob's journey of flight and exile from land and family with all the fear and the grief and the uncertainty that comes with such a journey where our morning scripture takes place. He lies down at the end of a long journey of the day, and he he rests his head on a stone and he falls to sleep. He dreams of a ladder that is going from heaven to earth with angels going up and down, and God stands right next to him and makes it clear, I am the Lord your God, the God of your ancestors. And God promises land and descendants and honor, which will lead to blessing for all the families of the earth. And Jacob hears directly from God, know that I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. The wonder and mystery and shock of this event to me is that God would connect with someone like Jacob, this lying, calculating, treacherous fugitive. Couldn't God have found a more suitable person to connect with, someone to call upon to fill God's purposes, someone with a healthy, healthier family system, more morally upright, someone who we could see and say, oh, they are absolutely blameless. And of course, we would want them to be religiously devout. Instead God chooses someone of suspect character with a lot of baggage and yet God says that this kind of person is it going to be a blessing to the earth. Hearing God say I will not leave you may sound like more attention and awareness that someone like Jacob would want. Yet such a message presented an alternative future with God that Jacob could use to counter his fear and his loneliness and his guilt that might help him create himself in a new and different way. This is a future that, in spite of all that Jacob is and has been, is assured of God's presence and protection and of abundant blessing. When Jacob wakes up from his sleep, he recognizes that surely God is in this place and I did not know it. And in fear and awe of this encounter with God, Jacob. Responds by physically marking this place, taking that stone, turning it into a pillar, pouring oil on it to bless this place, and naming it Bethel, literally meaning the house of God. And God will indeed bring Jacob back to this place many years later, but that is a story for another day. Jacob's life, would now follow the same course that God has set out, not the one that he had embarked upon all on his own, the one of lying and deceit and treachery. His life would be just as transparent to God as it was before, but maybe this time, maybe now, we could see a different path that Jacob would take and where one that all the families of the earth could benefit. There are echoes in Jacob's story that we should hear speaking to us this day. Our lives are just as transparent to God as Jacob's was. So when the psalmist asks, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence, we know that the answer is nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Jacob could not flee from God's presence any more than each one of us can. And this ever-present, ever-aware God knows who we really are, the ways that we are indeed faithful, but also the myriad of ways that we are not. And it is a wonder, a mystery, and shocking that God would choose to use us that God would choose us to bear God's blessing out into the world. Also the connection between heaven and earth is really as near to us as it was for Jacob. Celtic Christians referred to this nearness as a thin place, a a phrase that has been used for millennia to describe where that space between heaven and earth grows so thin that they seem to touch and to connect. This is the nearness that we pray for, yearn, and believe that can happen every single time we pray. May your kingdom come on earth as it does in heaven. Theologian Walter Brueggemann wrote that when God says, I am with you, Heaven has come to earth. And it refutes all the despairing judgments about human existence. God's presence is promised again and again throughout scripture, but especially in Jesus Christ, known to us, known to the world as Emmanuel, God with us. The very embodiment of God's presence with us. And in case you have any doubt about Christ's presence with us, his final words to his disciples on his departure from this earth were, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. How would your life be different? If you lived in this reality? How would your life be different for the world and the world's experience of this reality? What if we each looked at our own lives with honesty and transparency? What if we tried to live in that thin place between heaven and earth? What if we followed the teachings of the one that we claim to be our Lord and Savior and to use, uh, to be used as instruments of God's blessing in the world? Such faithful living requires of us an openness to our ever-present, ever-aware God and honestly asking, as the psalmist did, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. The blessing of such an encounter with God is that it is something that we do together. We do as the people of God, as we hold one another in prayer, as we hold one another accountable for how we live out the life of faith that we have been entrusted to by our Lord and Savior, so that we can indeed be a blessing to the world. Some of you might actually think that this is uh, a more appropriate sermon for the season of Lent, that 40 days when we spend time getting our spiritual houses in order in that time of prayer and fasting. But our lives of faith are not relegated to deep introspection in light of God's ever-present awareness of who we are, but in a life of faith that is dedicated on a daily basis. It is made new every day, every day as we express gratitude for this ever-present God who sees and knows us better than we see and know ourselves. and and are grateful for the openness to the wind of God's spirit to move in and through our lives, in and through our families, in and through our communities of faith, and in and through this world. Such a task is amazing that God has given that to us. And it is indeed our right and our privilege to renew ourselves each and every day in such a task. And so I close with a version of the prayer from St. Patrick to our ever-present God that reminds us of this each and every day. We arise today through the strength of heaven, light of the sun, splendor of fire, speed of lightning, swiftness of the wind, depth of the sea, stability of the earth, firmness of the rock. We arise today through God's strength to pilot us God's might to uphold us, God's wisdom to guide us, God's eye to look before us, God's ear to hear us, God's word to speak for us, God's hand to guard us, God's way to lie before us, God's shield to protect us, God's hosts to save us afar and near, alone or in a multitude. Christ shield us today against wounding, Christ with us. Christ before us, Christ behind us, Christ in us, Christ beneath us, Christ above us, Christ on our right, Christ on our left, Christ when we lie down, Christ when we sit down, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of us, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of us, Christ in the eye that sees us, Christ in the ear that hears us. We arise today through the mighty strength of the Lord of creation. Amen.